let's, let's examine uh, again tonight, for just a minute, I want to examine the, the, the names that God uses throughout Proverbs so that when you come across them, you, you, you can understand what they are. And these, these names play out throughout the rest of Scripture pretty much the same way. The simple is you, the person who is simple is usually somebody who is young or inexperienced in something. The teacher doesn't condemn them in any way unless they ignore advice and then they condemn themselves because of the trouble they get into. All of us have places where we are simple, uh, where we, we don't have experience in it. And the wise person understands that they don't have experience and doesn't try to act like they do. I remember when, when, when Renee and I first uh, had children, we began to talk to different people that we saw things about the way they had raised their children that we wanted to know how they got that result because we knew we didn't have experience in that. We wanted to talk to people who had experience and had been successful. The fool is the person who chooses to follow and to find his guidance and his wisdom someplace besides the instructions of God. Now, let me warn you, there's all kinds of self-help books out there. There's all kinds of instructors out there that would speak very cleverly into our lives. But if they're if their teaching isn't supported and founded in the word, if it's just supported and founded in culture, it's foolishness, and we become foolish if we follow it. Uh, that's, the, that's, that's the fool. The wicked is the person who knows and chooses to act in ways that reject the wisdom of God. Uh, the adulterer, the, the, the alcoholic, the liar, the person who chooses to act outside the will of God personally. Now, these terms wicked and evil can overlap a little bit. We think about Jezebel, who was a, a, one of the wicked queens. And she was wicked because she chose to reject God. She chose to follow the Baals, and her wickedness poured out onto the prophets and the people around her. But she was also evil in that she tried to influence others to do the same. The evil person is one who hurts others in his wickedness and tries to influence others to wickedness. The righteous is the is those who keep the moral law under the grace, under grace these people are covered by Jesus. None of us can be righteous on our own. We, we've all lost our righteousness. But we can be covered by the righteousness of Christ and we can follow the path of righteousness in the moral law. The wise is the person who accepts God's instruction and they do as he instructs. They apply God's word to every area of their life. They are searching out God's word and how relationships work and how career works 
and how money works and how being a good church member works and how to, how to face fears and troubles and trials. They are learning how to live in accordance to God's word and they are wise because of it. The wise person is growing in the word of God. Now the main title of this series is The Art of Living. And some people, because they obey God, build an artful life. This is a life that reflects the heart of God. They know they cannot control everything around them. They know they don't have control of everybody else's life. They know they don't have control of how everybody else acts. But they choose to respond to whatever God brings their way through the wisdom of God. They're not going to react to evil with evil. They're going to overcome evil with good. They're not going to be caught up in this world. They're going to respond with the artfulness of the wisdom of God, even when in the moment it doesn't seem to be working. In the moment it doesn't seem to be playing out well. But they're trusting the wisdom of God instead of their own feelings. Uh, the artful life is a reflection of the wisdom of God. Other people make a mess out of life. It's not an artful life, it's a messy life. Uh, a lot of turmoil and trouble and heartache and that's self-caused. Now, listen, you can still go to heaven and make a mess out of, while you're making a mess out of life because of the grace of God. It's just a more painful path that you walk on. It's just a more trust. You're causing problems and others are causing problems for you. And some of us have, have, have these pieces of our life. This is an interesting thing to think about. Some of us have areas of our life that is artful. We are walking in the wisdom of God. We've put our trust in God in that area of life. And it's a beautiful part of our life. And at the same time, have areas of their life that's messy. And it's a mess. It's like if you have a house and, you know, you keep one room in good shape and then you go back into the rest of it and it's just kind of trashed. There's junk everywhere. Uh, that's kind of the way some people's lives look because they haven't learned to put the wisdom of God into their life, into every area of life. So in the New Testament, James calls us to seek wisdom. Proverbs calls us to seek wisdom. James puts it this way. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. He says God's going to give you wisdom if you ask for it. I shared talking about this with someone just the other day and they pointed out, well really you could take the if off of this line and say when. When you need wisdom. Because we're all going to need wisdom uh, sometimes. So remember, we're talking tonight a, a little bit about the fool. And the fool is one who chooses to find his guidance and wisdom someplace besides the instructions of God. That may be in his business. It, it, it may be in the way he raises his kids. It may be in how he conducts relationships. Maybe in his finances. But he's finding direction someplace besides the instruction of God. 
So Proverbs 18.2 that we read tonight says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. What What does this verse say to us? It says this person doesn't take joy in learning the wisdom of God. They don't take joy in discovering God's path. He likes what he knows. He's comfortable with what he knows. And he's going to stick to it. Uh, now, you, now, you just, the very fact that you're here tonight speaks differently about you. However, you've got to make sure that you are seeking understanding, seeking that wisdom in every area of your life. In every area of your life. Listen, I, I've been around this thing for a long time and uh, watched a lot of lives. And, and I've seen people, especially when it's in the Oasis and dating and with young adults, and, and you'd see this young man or this young woman uh, get involved with somebody that they really shouldn't be involved in. Scripturally, they shouldn't be involved with them. And it wouldn't be long until they were heartbroken or that person influenced their life in negative ways. And they would get out of it and you'd, you'd, you'd get patched up. And before long, guess what they'd done? They'd found another person just like the last person. And then they find another person just like the last person. Maybe they marry somebody just like one of those people. And they're in this turmoil. They're in this heart because they never learned. Hey, I keep making a mess of this. Maybe I ought to pay attention to what God's word says. Maybe I'm, I, keep, I keep having turmoil in this area of my life. But they would look at, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, just, I'm, I'm following my heart, and my heart says this is okay, and God says this is okay. Well, God doesn't say something's okay that his word says isn't okay. Right? God doesn't give exemptions from his word. His word is his word. And so we trust and we follow his word, and if we do that, we're wise. But the foolish person leans on their own opinion. We are told in the Proverbs to cry out for insight, to cry out for understanding. In other words, we are told to pray about all the areas of life and ask the Holy Spirit to teach us and when we hear God's word, to put our faith in it. Let's look at a couple of other things that the Bible says about foolishness. Proverbs 19.3 says this. When a man's folly, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. This is a clear sign of our foolishness. When we don't get the results of life that we want, when something crashes in around us, we want to question God instead of questioning ourselves. The foolish person looks at God and says, why have you blown this? Instead of looking at themselves and saying, what do I learn from this? We wonder why he failed us instead of how we failed. Why did God let this happen? And this dooms us to make the same mistake over and over again Instead of saying, God, what would you have me do differently? I keep getting in this mess. I keep 
This, this thing keeps getting messed up. God, what would you teach me? How would you have me learn? I don't want to stay in foolishness. I want to walk in wisdom. Help me learn the lesson and get out of this thing and never get here again. But the foolish person rages against God instead of seeking their own heart. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 13 says this. A foolish son is a ruin to his father, and a wise quarreling is a continual dripping rain. This is, takes a little bit of a different twist. This is to the parent. It can be to the leader who doesn't recognize their, the, their child's foolish decisions. And they entrust them with valuable things in life. Why do they entrust them with valuable things? Because they love them. They trust them with valuable things because they, they want good things for them. I'll tell you, I've, I've watched, I, I could name at least three men that I've known uh, in my lifetime who are very hardworking men, built good careers, built good financial uh, base for their life and got to a point in their life where they turned it over to a son or their sons. And their sons were foolish. Their sons had lived foolish lives. Their sons at some point in time had lived wicked lives. But because dad loved the son, he turned it over to the son. In all three of these cases, within a few short years, the son had lost everything that the dad had built. In some cases, uh, the father had had to go, I, I knew one father who, who in his mid-70s had to go back to work and get a job because his son had run through everything that he had and destroyed it. What had happened? The father didn't recognize. The father had a natural love for his son. But he didn't sit and say, wait a second, I love this kid. But he has not proven himself to be wise in his decisions. And if I entrust things to him, he's not going to magically get wise. So the Bible warns us. And tells us. Now, this, this plays out in big, th big things. It plays out in big things like business or something like that. But it also plays out in small things. If you take your child and they're living a foolish life and they turn 16 and you want, oh, I love them. I want to see how much I love them. I want to show them I trust them. They haven't earned any trust. Listen, moms and dads, trust is not given. Trust is earned. Love is given trust is earned. Amen? You getting this? And so they give this kid a car. And the next thing they know, the kid's got a half a dozen tickets and all kinds of other problems. The police are taking his driver's license away from him and he's been in a couple of accidents. What? He's foolish. And you've entrusted him with something valuable that he wasn't ready to take. Now let's get even smaller. Cell phones. I, I, moms and dads, I, 
I would just encourage you. In our, in, our, in our room, and there's nothing scriptural about it, just, but in, in, our, in our world, we looked at our kids and we said, there's no cell phones till you turn 16. And they would come and, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, all my friends have cell phones. They were well, good for them. Well, their, their parents bought them and said, well, if you want a cell phone, see if their parents will buy you one because I'm not buying you one. You know, we're not doing that. Why? Because there, there's, there's danger in there. there. There's pornography in there. There's fighting in there. There's all kinds of danger in there that until they get old enough to handle it, we didn't want them to have to deal with it. Even though most of our kids had earned a lot of trust with us. And when they got those cell phones, if they broke that trust, that cell phone would sit for a while until they re-earn trust. Because, see, we can't, you can't be a wise parent and just give valuable things to children who are foolish. One of the things I've witnessed in life and I've seen in life is this parent who loves their kid and they, they, you know, they make out this will and the kid is just foolish and they make out this will, and they give everything to the kid, and the mom and dad dies, and guess what happens? In six months, it's all gone. Why? Because the kid was foolish, and they entrusted foolish, they, they, to entrust things to him is, is not a wise thing to do. The parent makes a foolish decision to entrust their life to a foolish yet loved child. Let me get really down to this. You don't want to put your medical care in the hands of a foolish child. You don't want to put your long-term care in the hands of a foolish child. You want to put that long-term care for your life when you need help in the hands of a child who isn't foolish. Listen to what Proverbs 26, 8 says. Like one who binds a stone in a sling is one who gives honor to a fool. Now, if you know what a sling is in that day, you know, it's, it's not like a slingshot that we have now that you pull back and shoot something. They would take a, it, it, would, it would be like these two long strands of, of, of rope and they would have a pouch on the end of it and they got very good at taking this thing and they would whip it around and around and around and then they would let one side of it go and they got so they could be excellent shots with that thing. Now, here's what Proverbs is saying. It's like the one who takes a stone and puts it in a, in a, in a sling and then ties it up so, this, so it can't get out. So what happens is you go round and round and round and you, try, you let one side go and it goes out there and meets the end of the rope and then what's it going to do? Come right back and hits you in the head. He says, if you give honor to a fool, if you entrust things to a fool... You may love them, but if you entrust things to them, it's going to come back and hit you in the head. You don't want to do that. Now, let's go on. Proverbs 26, 9. Like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Some people can take the wisdom of God's word and turn it into an argument all the time. And that's not what we want to be. Proverbs 26.4. This is an interesting couple of passages right here. 
Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Have you ever read this passage? Then you go to the next verse and it says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. And you're sitting there going, Okay, how do I, how do I follow the wisdom of God in this? So how does this make sense? Let me, let me give you a couple of, of, of points to it. There are some people that you discover that no matter what answer you give them, no matter what, how you present something to them, uh, it's going to simply lead to an empty argument. It, it's never going to, they're, they're never going to say, oh, I, I get that now. They're never going to say, well, let me understand that some more. Let me get, understand your point of view. They're never going to seek out any understanding in it. It's just going to lead to an, it's just going to be a big fight. You may have a relative that know, every time you're around, they're going to try to pick a fight with you. Now, they're going to try to argue with you about faith or argue with you about some other thing. It's just going to be a big argument. And, and here's what, what God said. Just, just, don't, just don't go there. You got somebody like that in your life. Just don't argue with them. Just let it go. Say, oh, you know what? <laughs> uh, we don't need to do that today. I, I don't need to be a part of that. I'm, I'm praying for you. You pray for me. And he says, just, just don't. You, all, he says, if you do that, you're just being foolish too. You're just wrecking the day. You may be at a July 4th thing tomorrow and find yourself around somebody that all it is is an argument every time and they're going to come trying to pick a fight. Just walk away from it. Now, the next verse says, because listen to this, listen, listen to this. Proverbs 27, 22 says this. Crush a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain Yet his folly will not depart from him. This person, you can grind them down. You can grind their argument down. You can crush them with the truth. You can beat it down and, and try to get the foolishness out of them. And he says, no matter how much you grind them down, their folly doesn't depart. If you got somebody like that in your life, just don't go there. Don't do all the work. Just let it go. Leave it alone. Now, the second part, where it says you answer them, there are two answers here. There are some people that are foolish, that are this way, just simply because they haven't learned anything yet. And they're still, you know, they're kind of going on the world, and they're kind of going the way that they go, and, but there's still hope for this person. And when you begin to talk to them, you talk to them gently, you talk to them kindly. And as you begin to talk to them and point out other things to them, instead of being offended and dug in and mad and, you know, defensive, they become open. Well, when you discover you got somebody like that, they may say foolish things. They, you may be in a group of people and they may say something that just... You know, how in the come over here and talk to me. <laughs> you know, they, they may do something foolish. That person, you talk to that person. You continually try to help that person see a wiser way 
because they're just doing what they're doing in foolishness because they don't know any better. Now here's the other side of it. There are times when the crowd is listening and you answer for the crowd's sake. It may be that person, you can't get the foolishness out of them, but they've just said something in front of your children. They've just said something in front of a group of people. And for you to be silent makes it feel like you're agreeing or you've capitulated to their point of view and you've got to be able to say, you know, and you're saying it not for them because they're not going to change. You're saying it for everybody else who's listening. And you speak, lest they, stay, lest they be wise in their own eyes. This is the art of living. How do we deal with certain things? I just don't want to be in an argument with a person or a discussion with a person where they're never going to give any place. I'm listening. I want to learn. I want to give where I can. But if I'm with somebody who's never going to give, never going to learn anything, why, why be in the middle of that argument? On the other side, if I'm with a group of people and somebody's saying something that's outlandish and foolish, I've got a responsibility to protect them and to say something. Uh, Proverbs 28, 26. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. This is a classic definition of a fool. This is the person who they've got their own mind made up from how they were raised or whatever, and they're going to live this way. They're going to approach life this way. But listen, he who walks in wisdom, what is wisdom? Wisdom is God's instruction. Wisdom is God's way. This person's going to be delivered. So if you want to be wise, you... you, Wisdom comes from knowing God's word, studying his word, applying his word to the various areas of my life. Let's go back and think about it. Applying it to my relationships, applying it to how I raise my children, applying it to how I run my finances, applying it to how I run my career, applying it to how I see my politics, applying it to every area of my life, my morals. I look at If I live by the wisdom of God, I'm going to be delivered. He's going to eventually, the fruit of that wisdom is going to bring, is going to come forth in my life. But if I dig in and refuse to let the word change me, refuse to let the word move me, I'm walking in foolishness. These people think they are smart and they have a better way than God promise the promises is that those who walk in God's way will be delivered number seven Proverbs 15 5 a fool despises his father's instruction but whoever heeds reproof is prudent now now listen uh, the Proverbs uses two definitions for a father's instruction the first definition is God's instruction our heavenly father's instruction our Heavenly Father's instruction. The second definition is a wise, earthly parent speaking to us. This isn't, uh, this isn't God saying to us, listen, you've got this wicked dad 
who's mean and ornery and doesn't, is, is manipulative and controlling, you've got to listen to his advice. It's not what it's saying. The, script, the scripture in, this, in these passages is talking about our heavenly father or a wise earthly father. It's God speaking to us or a wise earthly parent speaking to us. Now, I want to be clear. We are called, one of the commandments is, we are called to honor our mother and our father. What does that mean? It means we treat them respectfully. We treat them righteously. We treat them in kindness and we try to honor them, even the bad ones, with love and with respect. Are you with me? But Jesus teaches us that we are to follow him even at the rejection of our, to the rejection of our parents, even to the rejection of our children that we're to follow him even if that means we have to reject what they're saying and what they're doing. So the Bible doesn't call us and leave us handcuffed to the wicked. But it tells us if we have a wicked parent, a foolish parent, an evil parent, treat them with love, treat them with kindness, treat them with respect, follow your heavenly father. Are you with me? So we, we, we try to be kind, we try to be respectful, we try to, but we don't let our lives be instructed by the foolish or the wicked, even if it's a mom or a dad. Now that's a tough call, but Jesus gives us that call. He tells us we've got to be able to look, just like, he, like we said here a moment ago, I've got to be able to look at my kids and go, hey, they're making pretty wise decisions. I can trust them with stuff. Or I've got to look at them and go, uh, they're being foolish, and if I entrust things to them, I'm being foolish. I've got to be able to look at the people in my life who have influence over me and say, okay, they are wise, God-fearing, God-honoring people, and I'm going to let them influence the way I think and the way I conduct my life. Or I've got to be able to look and say, listen, this is a boss, this is an influence on in my life, this is a mom, this is a dad. I have a certain obligation in treating them respectfully and treating them with honor and, and kindness, but I'm not going to let their values impact my values. I'm not going to let the way they do things impact the way I do things. I'm not going to be caught up in that because their way is foolishness. So this is, this is we're coming down to this aspect of the art of living. How do, we, how do we live our lives? So let me read just a couple of last verses before we do a couple of other things tonight. Proverbs 16, 6. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. I have become more and more convinced in the last years of my life that if all we teach people is about the love of God 
and that God loves them and cares about them, that that gives them license to break all of God's commandments. Because after all, God loves me. I can do whatever I want. No, the beginning of wisdom is a fear of God, an understanding that if we do things in rebellion, there will be consequences for that rebellion. It may just be the thing God's warned us to stay away from, and it may be the judgment of God. So my wisdom has to start with the fear of God and understanding that to ignore God brings suffering or judgment. Now, when I begin to live that way, guess what happens? When I begin to live with this this fear of God and I begin to see the grace of God and the mercy of God, my love for him grows and in many ways frees me from being under the, uh, the shackles of fear because now I want to obey him because his grace is so wonderful. But if I don't understand in life that there is judgment for rebellion. Uh, listen, I, I, didn't wa- I never walked in the door of my house afraid of my dad and what was going to happen unless I'd done something really wrong. Anybody else have a dad like that? Maybe you had a, maybe some of you, maybe, maybe some of you walked in the door of your house and you never knew what you were going to get. But in my house, I, I knew if I'd been good and I'd done the right thing, I was going to get good things. And that's the way our Heavenly Father's. If we do what's right, the fruit's going to be good. But we better understand that He's also there to discipline us so that we'll treat others right. Let's go on a little bit far, further. Proverbs 19.23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. What's this saying to us? It's saying when we walk in this fear of the Lord, it leads us to the fullness of life. And we're going to find that when we obey God, that we get the satisfaction of God's blessing on our life. And we're not running around wondering uh, about life itself. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, there's some other verses for you to look up and just kind of weigh them out in your heart to deal with this aspect of foolishness. But let's go back here for a moment to James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. What a great promise. What a great promise. If we lack wisdom, if we don't know how to do it God's way, if we don't know how to bring peace into this thing, we don't know how to bring direction to it, he says, ask God. Ask God. All right, here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to stand with me and come down the front for a moment. You know, if you listen, God speaks to us. Did you know that? God, God talks back to us. 
I think this is one of the reasons why uh, prayer is boring to some people is because all they, they do all the talking. And they don't take time to listen. So they run into God, they spew out all of their you know, prayers and supplications, and then they run out the door. And they don't stop and listen to God. This verse really talks about this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And what's he going to do? He's going to give generously to all without reproach. It's going to be given to him. Now, how does he give it to us? He speaks to us. He talks to us. We've got to learn how to listen to his voice and how to, how to listen to him and let him speak to us. So before we go home tonight, we just want to practice this truth. We want to just take a minute and say, God, uh, on your own, just one-on-one, God, I don't want to live a, anybody here want to live a foolish life? If you do, then you're really foolish. Um, I don't want to live a foolish life to you. I don't, I don't want to raise my I didn't want to raise my kids and then get to be adults and go, wow, I really blew that. I, I didn't want to, you know, go through my marriage and, you know, in 30 years, I've been married 33 years now, and go in 33, wow, this is a train wreck. No, I want it to be joyful. I want it to be good. Uh, in every area of my life, I want to walk so, throughout life. This has been one of the key passages of, of, of my life. It's got, give me wisdom in this. Give me your direction in this. And so I, I, I want to just give us a chance tonight to take a minute and to say, God, uh, is there any place in my life where I really need to hear you? Where I need to begin to look at your word for how to live my life and how to act. And, and I want to tell you, when God whispers that, and here's, here's what many people do. I know I've been guilty of this. God says, well, this isn't so good. And we go, no, 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 that's not bad. That's okay. That's okay because of this, 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 and this, and because of what they're doing and how they're acting. And we start making excuses for how we're acting instead of saying, okay, God, what would you say to me about that? How would you t- have me change my life now that I've heard this word. Uh, and, and we listen for scriptural direction for what to do in that area of life. This is us learning how to listen to God and how to, how to get wisdom. And what he's going to do is he'll probably take you to scripture. He'll take you to a message. He'll take you to somebody who's been talking to you and giving you direction. And, and you'll start saying, oh, oh, oh. Or he'll remind you to go, go, talk to, go talk to this person about it. Go talk to that person. Get their advice. And now it's up to you to be wise because wise people seek out counsel. And you seek out counsel and you say, boy, I just felt like God was telling me I'm, I'm being foolish in this area of my life. How do I need to get this together? All right. So let's take just a couple minutes. Bow your heads. Close your eyes and talk to God for a minute and listen to him for a minute. And let him talk to you. Father, let us learn how to hear your voice. Father, maybe there are some in this room who haven't learned to hear your sense, your wooing in their spirit. Some who may be thinking that your voice is going to be heard some, like some audible voice instead of the 
a moving of your spirit in our spirits. So wherever we're at on that spectrum, Father, whether we're, we're someone who's just beginning to learn or, or someone that, Father, every thought that passes through their mind, they think it's you instead of weighing it out with your word. Father, help us to, to, to hear your word clearly and let it be affirmed to us in your truth. Father, if there's places in our life where we need to move from the foolishness of our own thinking to the wisdom of your word, we don't want to miss that. I know there's been places in my life many, many times where your word has awakened me to how I was living foolishly. And, and I just pray, Father, that none of us would do that. That we would listen to your word and move instantly towards your wisdom. That we wouldn't ignore your word. We'd pay attention to it. Uh, Father, whatever it might be, a relationship with someone, how we conduct ourselves with, our, with the money you bless us with, how we raise our families, how we approach work. Help us, Father, to uh, hear your wisdom and hear your direction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, on this trip, I, I may share this Sunday, I may not. It's worth hearing twice if I do. Uh, we found ourselves sitting at a table with a, a person that I, I didn't recognize them at first, didn't recognize them but they're a pastor of a very well-known church. If I, if I named it, I would think probably everyone in this room, if not 95% of us, would know the church. And we began to talk about things going on in our country and what's happening in our country. And, and uh, you know, I mentioned my concern about the way our country is approaching issues like abortion and issues like um, sexual, uh, you know, sexual, the breaking of the law, whether that's an adulterer or a, someone having sex outside of marriage or a homosexual or whatever it is and how our church is embracing that. I mean, good night, it's been Gay Pride Month and they've had the flag flying over our capital, crying out loud. And, uh, and the pastor looked at me and he said, uh, he said, oh, we don't, we don't talk about those things on Sunday morning. He goes, we talk about the grace of God and the love of God. That's what we talk about. We don't mention any of that stuff. I said, well, how do you deal with it? Well, we just feel if people get saved, God will, um, you know, God will deal with their heart. If they get saved, God will begin to deal with their heart. And I'll tell you, it kind of shook me because this is a pretty well-known guy and pretty well-known thing. I was, kind of, I was kind of shaken in that moment. And uh, we talked about a few other things, and it came back around to that conversation. And the wife said, just kind of in passing, I almost didn't catch it, but she said in passing, yeah, if he preached on any of those things, half of our church would leave. And I didn't catch it at first, but later that night, I was, I was praying, God, are you trying to say something? He said, what did she say? Not what did he say, what did she say? And I said, oh, she said if they said that, half of their church would leave. How well is that working? How well is it working? 
You know, if, if, if I sensed in our church that there was a problem with greed, if I sensed in our church there was a problem with forgiveness, you don't shy away from those things. You, you preach those things. We've got we've to, if we're going to help our country, we've got to stand on the truth of God's word. And we've got to be clear about God's word. And, and listen, if that, when, when I talk about homosexuality, when I talk about some, there are people who leave. But you know what? I'm not alone. A lot of people left Jesus. Uh, Paul had them run out on him all the time. People leave sometimes when you proclaim the truth. And what the church needs to do in those moments is just pray for those people. And we certainly don't need to shy away from the truth. So I, I, I felt like, so I say that with you, say this is how God speaks to us. So here we are, in this moment, this person, they're very impressive, and they're sharing this with you, and you're going, oh, okay, God. And, but God, before you get out of that conversation, he gives you an answer. Before I got out of that conversation, he get, I didn't catch it at first, but he gave me the answer. And when I came back, I said, God, what about this? He said, remember what she said. Remember what she said. Half the church would leave. Wow. Wow. We need to be the salt of the earth. Amen? Father, I pray in all of our lives that we would not get caught up by impressive things. We would not get caught up by our culture. We would not get caught up, Father, uh, in political agendas. But we would be a people who would solidly be based on your word. Now, Lord, in this room today, I, again, I pray that we would hear your, your word and your wisdom. And if there's places in our life that are being conducted in foolishness, that we would just feel your, your nudge, your conviction, and we begin to look for answers in your work. Bless this people for being here tonight. Give them new wisdom and new direction. Let us walk as the wise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in the name of the Lord tonight.